Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy. I'm Topher. And we watched a thing. <coughs> sure did. End of podcast. And scene. <laughs> How you going, mate? How's your weekend been? It was fine. I yeah. went interstate. Yeah. I ate a lot of food. I drank a lot of things. I saw a bunch of people. It was good. We had a good week. You also, earlier in the week, I understand, recorded a spot for Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. I sure did. Definitely check out Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. If you haven't listened yet, I also did a spot on a couple of weeks ago talking about Eternal Sunshine, so check that out. If you liked Billy's, you'll love mine. <laughs> probably. You'll probably like it a lot better. <laughs> and we're also later this week recording a spot with Picture This, so that'll be fun. Yeah, that Lots should be good. getting around. Let's get into it. What do we watch this week? We saw Ocean's 8. We did. We saw Ocean's 8, uh, directed by Gary Ross, written by Ross and Olivia Milch. It stars Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Carling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina, Rihanna, and Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, made on a budget of $70 million. So far, it's brought in $54 million. It's got 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61 on Metacritic, and 6.2 on IMDb. So they're loving the sixes. How do you feel about it? So, coming off, what, what sort of base do you think it's coming off with the the Oceans films of this century so far? Oh, well, I mean, look, i got to tell you, I haven't seen any of them. Or oh! I, I hadn't. I hadn't. After I saw this movie, I was talking to Beth about it, and she actually made me watch Oceans 11 that night. So I've now seen Oceans 11. I had not seen any of them before I saw Oceans 8. Because I, I really liked Oceans 11. I loved it when I watched it the other night. I thought Oceans 12 was bog average. Yep. 13's actually okay. Yep, okay. Oceans 8, I would have... The, the closest one I would have it to of those, you know, I don't know if it counts as a trilogy, as, yeah, but yeah. those ones would be Ocean's 13. Right. I don't, I did not dislike Ocean's 8. I may never watch it again. We disagreed this week because I thought Ocean's 8, are you ready for this? Was the worst movie I've seen this year. <laughs> the worst? <laughs> the worst. I said that to Beth and she said, well, that can't be true because you rewatched John Carter last week. <laughs> I think, I think it's the worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah, when I watched Ocean's Eleven, I was like, this is at least three to four times better than Ocean's Eight. Watching Ocean's Eleven after having seen it just confirmed for me how bad it was. I, I just found the movie incredibly boring. Like, to me, there was no development in any of the characters. There was no backstory to any of the characters. We knew nothing. The only thing we knew about Sandra Bullock was that she was Danny Ocean's sister, and that she'd been in prison for five years. That's that's the only background we got on any of these characters. That's one thing that I thought watching it up that really I was like, and well, I couldn't help but compare it to Eleven while I was watching it, is that in Eleven, when Danny gets out of prison and meets up with Brad Pitt's character, you immediately go, these guys have known each other for decades. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and There's I remember, a huge chemistry there. I remember hearing Soderbergh say, I think it was in maybe the director's commentary for Ocean's Eleven that with the script for Ocean's Eleven, he was really working on trying to get this really rhythmic dialogue happening. And the back and forth between Clooney and Pitt in Eleven is really, really great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then when the two leads meet in Ocean's Eight, that's just not there in the script. 
No, I mean, Eleven just has so much more time to breathe. It is a longer movie. Like, Ocean's 8 is short. It's, like, just barely over an hour and a half. Which, to be honest, I'm fine with. Short movies are great. But this movie didn't allow enough time for any substance. You know, it's like, this is... It's a heist movie, but the heist isn't interesting. The characters pulling off the heist aren't interesting. Like, I was sitting there going, is this meant to be a comedy? Am I meant to be laughing because I'm not? Am I meant to be feeling emotions because I'm not? I just kind of sat there feeling nothing for the entire film. That's like me most days. That's <laughs> yeah, true. You're very disconnected <laughs> from life. <laughs> so, I thought early on when Deb has just got out of prison and she's like going through the, um, she's going through some a department store or something. Yeah. And, and stealing stuff. And I didn't mind that sequence. And as I was watching it, I was like, did they not approach or did they decide against Winona Ryder for this role? <laughs> it could have been great. Just like a, he- a heist movie with Winona Ryder, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yep. yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been much better. And then it, it turns out it's a documentary. <laughs> See, it's funny, you know, because the cast. I I love all of these women, and I was really hoping to enjoy this movie because I like the entire cast. Like, I'm a big Mindy Carling fan. I thought Mindy Carling was probably best on ground. I couldn't- I didn't care about her. She's- she's nobody in this movie. She's introduced to us as, I guess, a jeweler, and that's all we know. We know nothing about her. She barely speaks the entire movie. Like, there's just no chemistry between any of these characters. But I quite liked it, and I thought Rihanna- like, if you're talking acting-wise, they're all really good. Like, Rihanna was really good. Mindy Carling was really good. Sarah Paulson was amazing. And yet, when I left the cinema, I forgot she was in it. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally sitting there making my notes. And I was like, who were the other... Like, I came up with, like, three names. And I couldn't remember the other women in this movie. I'm always excited to see Sarah Paulson in anything. Me too. Just as me and any... I mean, I... Anyone else who watched Studio 60 for its criminally short run, I think, is just in love with Sarah Paulson. And I, I did really like Paulson... In the film, I wasn't into the character of the the Matt Damon, the you know the street thief. Yeah, wasn't into that character at all. That's funny. She was the only character I liked. <laughs> 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 and again, you know, like no, no, like there's no substance to any of the characters, her included. But at least I found I found her probably the most engaging and interesting character. She had quirks and stuff at least that made her feel a little bit more three-dimensional i thought everyone oh i just thought she was trying so hard yeah at acting yeah right was that was what it felt to me and i was just like yeah no we just had completely you are not at the level of other people in this film (laughs) um i thought richard armitage was pretty good as the the douchey guy yeah i was like oh yeah I want bad things to happen to you, Richard Armitage. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I d- Thorin, I- son of Thrain. But- <laughs> I just didn't care about that plot. I just didn't, you know, and like Anne Hathaway, I really liked again. Like all of the cast, I really liked, but that was not anywhere near enough to save this movie for me. Did we, I, where, where do you stand on Anne Hathaway, just generally? I'm a big fan. She's Same. every woman. What did I, what, when did it happen? You know, that memo went out that apparently we didn't see that was, we hate Anne Hathaway yeah, now. Yeah, my wife hates Anne Hathaway. What is, <laughs> and what I'm is like, with she's that? every woman. <laughs> I don't understand the we hate Anne Hathaway thing. Me neither, because I think she's tremendous. All right. And we're with you. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag team Anne. <laughs> All about the Hathaway, yeah. So, you know, a reasonable chunk of the beginning of the film or of Act 1, is the, you know, putting together the team. Yeah. Which, in Ocean's Eleven, is a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Not so much in Ocean's 8. No. No, it's, <laughs> it's really not. Like, none of the characters have that kind of cool introduction. None of them have chemistry. You, do, you don't believe any of them have met before. You know, like, when they approach Mindy Carling, I'm like, are these two women supposed to know each other already? Like, Yeah, whereas, like, when Don Cheadle comes into Ocean's 11, oh. you're just like, again, like with Clooney and Pete, you're just like, yep, you guys know each other. Yeah, love Cheadle. You know- Fun fact about that. Did you know that Don Cheadle's uncredited in Ocean's Eleven? I did know that. Yeah. Yes. Because- <laughs> That was his decision. Yeah. Wasn't it something to do with like the alphabetical ordering or something? He wanted he wanted top billing. He wanted to be listed with Clooney and Damon and uh, who's the other lead? Brad Pitt. You he might wa- have heard of him. <laughs> he wanted to be up there with those guys and they wanted to put him below the line. And, and he said, fine, don't credit me at all then, you fucks. <laughs> Just threw the toys out of the car. Yeah. Pretty petty stuff, really. <laughs> so, after we put the team together, the heist itself, I didn't mind. Oh, I hated it, man. Um, I, I didn't mind watching that unfold. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Because I just found that with the heist, like, there were so many kind of twists, but none of them were interesting. It's not like Ocean's Eleven where there's that whole ending sequence where they blow up the money and then you find out that it was, you know, like the fake video, like that, when I watched that, I was like, this is a clever, interesting heist movie. What happens in Ocean's Eight just didn't interest me. You know, like they go in with those ridiculous glasses to scan the the freaking jewels. Yeah, pretty James Bond. (laughs) It's so dumb. And then they don't even replace it which by the end makes sense but that is arguably the most interesting part of this heist that chinese acrobat and they bury it in a 20 second montage at the end of the film so i suppose when you first saw that you didn't have a oh look it's it's the end exactly i because i hadn't seen yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that arguably to me is by far the most interesting part of this heist we've got all this crap about this necklace and I don't know, none of this heist seemed interesting to me. Did you feel the same way? I was into it enough. Like, I wasn't, by no means was I totally gripped. But for a, a weeknight movie, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So as you were saying, the heist kind of takes up the first act of this film. Tell me if any of the other Ocean's movies do this, because an hour into the movie, the heist is done. I looked at my watch and I was like, geez, that was a short movie. And then we have this strange second act where James Corden is introduced to us as an investigator. Does that happen in any of the other Ocean's movies? No, a lot of them have a, a bit of a postscript going on, but yeah. nothing nothing like this. Because this was bizarre. Yeah, I especially found James Corden weird, especially because we just had the the Met Gala with all these real celebrity cameos. When he first popped up, I was like, why are we still seeing celebs? Yeah. You, you had the same reaction? <laughs> I, I didn't, but I can certainly imagine where it came so from. I was so confused. For like the first five minutes until he in- introduces himself as an investigator, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then he... He doesn't hit on the. And I, I think I think it's also in the director's commentary of Ocean's Eleven. There's a point where Soderbergh says, and it's in the in the heist somewhere. He points out, and here we have our plot hole, and it's not a gaping one. But he's just like, now if you really think about it, you know this and that, it actually doesn't work. But we just kind of go, who cares? And hopefully, not that many people care. And yeah. I certainly don't. It felt like I can't even remember what it was. It's that minor. But James Corden's character, he's. Peter Rabbit, um, <laughs> he's like combing through all of the uh, security footage and everything. And I was like, Sarah Paulson does not get away with just 
lifting the necklace out of the water. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. They're co- they're going <laughs> over the security with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. They know that she had the necklace on when she went to the bathroom. So, no. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, too, here's a question for you. <laughs> and maybe it's because we're men. <laughs> How much multitasking do you think you could actually do? Because in this, like, Sarah Paulson's character is just like a fencer. And then she gets a job as, like, the head events manager for the Met Gala. Do you think you could do that job? No, but I also think Sarah Paulson's better than me. <laughs> you know, and, like, Mindy Carling's like a jeweler, and then she's working the but kitchen. Are you saying that because one of, is it um, Bullock or Blanchett that's referred to her as a fencer? Yeah, both of them do. Yeah, but they like I mean in you know in Ocean's 11 they have, you know, they refer to, you know, we need a basher, we need this, we need that. Yeah. So, I don't know what fencer means. Oh, you don't know what a fencer is? No. Oh, a fencer is the person who sells the product. So the fencer is the person who's able to then find buyers for because obviously you can't just take okay. these take these expensive I'm not as connected old- in the underworld yeah, as you yeah. are. <laughs> you don't know about this deep sea <laughs> crime world that I'm from. In Muffinbilia. <laughs> Next podcast is Billy Sells a Thing. Yeah, so the fencer's job is the person who takes things that can't be publicly sold and finds buyers for them. Right. So that's what she does. And yet somehow she's qualified enough to not only like work as the events manager for the Met Gala, but get that job. <laughs> I couldn't. I wouldn't even get an interview. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but <laughs> you're not that useful. <laughs> We could pull off a heist. Let's pull off a heist. All right. Just to prove we can. We steal some candy off some baby. <laughs> Look, I mean, talking plot holes, that's my other thing. The whole plan in general. So Sandra Bullock has spent five years crafting this plan. How far in advance does the Met Gala decide on their theme? Because they change it every year. How would she have known the theme for this year was Royal Family Jewels? Excellent plot hole. Ridiculous. Excellent plot hole. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. See, I think I might have just not been in a mood to enjoy this movie. Because you know me. I enjoy just about everything. Yeah. But from the moment this movie started, I couldn't get into it. I didn't buy a single second of it. Because you're a massive sexist. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> I love this cast. I wanted to enjoy it. I must have just been in the wrong mood. Can we talk for a second about Kate Blanchett? Yes. I know that traditionally in our relationship, it's been hard for me to say anything negative about Kate Blanchett because it I know be that you love her. It should be hard for anybody to say anything negative <laughs> I know, about I know that you love Queen her. Kate. I know that you love her. But what was going on with that accent, mate? Where is she supposed to be from? That was ridiculous. She was Australian. No, she wasn't. Just make her Australian. That's what I didn't understand. Later on in the movie, they lie and say she's from Australia. Why not just make her an Australian woman so that she could just do her Aussie accent? I thought she was Australian the whole time. That's because that's how bad her accent was. It was this weird hybrid-y kind of awful. Maybe she was just an Australian who lived in New York for a while. I wish In the film, she she had. I wish that she was. I wish that's what they'd said in the film. But It's my- my- Biggest grievance with the film is don't waste Kate Blanchett. Yeah. If you get Kate Blanchett, yeah. don't waste her. I mean, don't waste any of these actresses, though. They're all good. And like I said, like none of them- Well, Rihanna's a singer. <laughs> yeah, and she was surprisingly great. She was- o- Well, <laughs> I thought she was okay. <laughs> I don't, Like, honestly, that's what I mean. I loved the acting in this movie, but I, they had absolutely zero to work with. Like, none of them had any- Yeah, the scripts, other than- Please don't waste Kate. Yeah, my biggest grievance with the film is that the script's not very good. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, the heist itself for me was as a 
you know, as a popcorn flick. It was entertaining enough. I don't think it's a good film. I don't think it's a terrible film. Yeah, I just I wish it had been more fun for me. I just wish that the heist to me it, it's it's one of those movies that really really treats its audience like quite dumb. It didn't do anything kind of clever with the heist. It didn't have any twists and turns that would have actually shocked. Like even you know the movie is called Ocean's Eight. And yet they treat it like a huge surprise at the end when you find out Anne Hathaway's in on it. It's like, there are only seven women. Of course she's in on it. We all know this. Why are you treating this like a twist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's not, I just feel like they didn't treat us smart enough for me to have a good time. When I watched Ocean's Eleven and there were actual twists going on that surprised me, I was like, this is a fun heist movie. But I just didn't get that from this. So all in all- Sadly, I'm giving it a two. Mm, I'm a I'm a five. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll never watch it again. But you think but, it's average at least? But I walked out of the cinema not unhappy. One of those ones where I'm not unhappy that I spent money on it. That's good. You know, I've been talking to people, and when I say I don't like it, I say. It, but I genuinely hope you do. Like, I really hope people do enjoy this movie. It just wasn't for me. But you did see something you liked. I did. I did. Which sadly I couldn't drag you to. But mate, you should go watch Hereditary. I think I might, because I've seen headlines from a couple of other reviewers who I trust. <laughs> oh, so you don't trust me, you did. <laughs> well, I mean, so if you're going to see it, do you not want me to spoil it for you? Maybe talk in vague terms. All right. All I'm going to say is that this is probably the best movie I've seen so far this year. It It's hard because it's classified as a horror. I would say it's the best horror I've seen in the last 10 years, except I don't think horror is quite the right word for it. It's one of those things like Mother, where it's not really a horror movie, but they don't know how to market it, so they just throw the word horror on it. For most of it, it plays out like a family drama. But the acting in Hereditary is outstanding. Toni Collette, like, it's a shame that I think she doesn't have any awards potential because of timing and genre. Because she was- people, But, I mean, enough people are saying that about this performance that oh. maybe it will carry through. And because- So, my friends that saw it and really disliked it, they're massive horror fans. Yeah. So, yeah. So, maybe that's the thing is that, well, actually, no, it's not a horror film. No. And the same thing happened with Mother. The marketing was so, this is, this is the best horror movie in years. And then horror fans go and they're like, this is shit. And I think the same thing might happen with this because all the talk and the reason you wouldn't see it is the marketing says- this is the scariest movie in years. And it's actually not that scary. Like, there's no jump scares, but, mate, you need to watch it for the cinematography and editing alone. This is one of the smartest shot and cut movies I've seen in a long time. From a debut director. Of all right. And made for 10 million bucks. Jesus, shot beautifully. It's all really slow tracking and dolly shots. Like, really- cleverly done and really nicely juxtaposed with the action on screen. I'm not going to spoil anything other than to say- Is Tony Collette a mutant? She's not a mutant. Spo spoiled now. <laughs> but there is one of the most shocking scenes in film ever in this movie that will genuinely take you by surprise when it happens. So when you see it, I want you to come back to me and tell me if it shocked you. Right. Yeah. But definitely go watch it. Good little review, Billy. I gave I give it a nine. What's next week? Next week? What are we finally getting to, mate? The sequel that should have been <laughs> the so long ago. <laughs> we get The Incredibles 2. In fact, so long ago that you thought it was two weeks ago. I've been waiting that long. It's <laughs> like, come on, Pixar. Take I'm, fucking talk. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this. I'm trying like I'm trying to like keep expectations to a reasonable level. Because yeah. I'm like, this is gonna be 
this should be and hopefully will be just awesome because The Incredibles is awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's it's Pixar's best movie. It's my favourite. Hands down. What do you think is their worst movie? That I haven't seen all of them. Um, my least favourite, believe it or not, is Finding Nemo. High fucking five. <laughs> yes. I think Finding Nemo's bog average. I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. I don't think it's that good at all, and people rave about it. We don't like people, though. This is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's been wondering. Yeah, it's because like, we like it's, shit on people. It's because we, there's one kid's film <laughs> that we sit around shitting on. It's what our entire friendship is based on. <laughs> we both have matching Fuck You Nemo tattoos. <laughs> Not yet, but maybe. <laughs> Mine needs retouching. Yeah. Uh, some other exciting news this week. What do we launch today, buddy? A give us all of your money page. That's right. We now have a Patreon. It's been six months of the show. Haven't missed an episode. In fact, we're like six ahead if you go by a weekly show. Well. So, you know, give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, so if you want to help support the show and get extra stuff, there'll be extra episodes behind the scenes and early access to the our regular episodes. So if you want to get on board that, you can head to patreon.com forward slash we watch the thing. We really appreciate it. Any extra bit helps, so Billy needs that. chock top money. I do. I really do. Did you have a chock top at either of your movies this week? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have some M&Ms in the car from, from Hereditary last night. Nice. <laughs> yeah. that, if it's good enough film that you weren't focused on eating your M&Ms. I have nearly the entire bag. If you wanted to explain to me how good it was, that yeah, would have done it a lot didn't, quicker. Didn't eat my m M&M. and Didn't even finish my popcorn, and I only got a medium. That's how good this movie is. Did you get a chalk top as well? Didn't even finish my popcorn. <laughs> I told you I want a health kick, mate. I had celery for lunch. <laughs> oh, good grief. I, did, I didn't get a soft drink, though. I just stuck to water. Oh, your body is a temple. <laughs> I know, yeah. Anyway, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at wewatchthething. Bye. Gatches. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy. I just farted. <laughs>